In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to start today with a, a little bit of audience interaction from you. Uh, it's required this morning. Uh, all you need to do is raise your hand, so I'll, I'll keep it simple. Uh, but I'm going to ask you about a series of values, things that might be important or maybe not to you. And uh, I just want you to raise your hand if it's something that you value or that's important to you. So raise your hand today if it is one of your values, if it's important for you to, uh, let's see, for you to be a good chef. For how many of you is it important that you know your way around the kitchen? Is that important to any of you? Like you like to cook for family or for yourself? Okay, a few of you, right? But not everyone. That's kind of the point. It's okay, right? We can have different values. We don't all have to agree on that. Uh, Or, for example, how many of you here today, it's one of your values that's very important for you to, at some point in your life, run a marathon? Anyone here today? (laughs) Come on, I know there's, okay, there's one. I'm not the only one, but not most of you, right? That's okay. It was for me, so I did it, but it's not for everyone. All right, but how about this? For how many of you is it valuable to you, is it important to you that you are let's say, fiscally or financially responsible. Anyone here today? Okay, a few more hands, right? Still maybe not everyone, and that's okay. I'll try not to look. Uh, but some of you just like to spend, and that's, that's okay. Uh, but how about this last one? Uh, for how many of you is it a value, is it important to you to be wise? Is wisdom important? Raise your hand. Wisdom, anyone? All right, more hands. I, I would guess that uh, wisdom and maybe it's in a small select group with a few other qualities, maybe like truth or love, right? It's a small group of, of kind of universally accepted values. Uh, most of us value, find it important to be wise, to live wisely. You, you don't too often uh, look down on someone for being too wise or something like that. It, it's, it's a good quality, a good trait. And, and that's what we're going to talk about today because I think the Bible agrees with us that wisdom is awfully important. Uh, You you might know this, there's actually a a small little collection of books in the Bible, a whole genre of literature within the scriptures called wisdom literature. Uh, Books like Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and the book of Job that that exhort us, uh, push us towards more wise living. And so wisdom is important to the Bible and, and so it ought to be important to us to grow in wisdom. Uh, But as we talk about wisdom today, and and hopefully we'll talk about what it looks like to live a wise life, uh, we we need to talk about what wisdom is not, right? And so wisdom, I think we need to say, is not the same thing as knowledge. Uh, You you probably know this, that knowledge is more the accumulation of facts and figures. Uh, If you know a lot, you have a very full mind, right? A a brain that's full of stuff. Uh, But wisdom is different. Wisdom is the ability to wade through all of that stuff. It's being able to discern which of the facts and figures that are in your head are important or relevant to the situation, are good or bad or right or wrong, right? So that's different than just knowledge is having all this stuff. And you probably know people that are very knowledgeable, right, but they're not wise. Uh, They don't have street smarts, we would say. And I think street smarts, wisdom are kind of the same thing. Wisdom is is really uh, quite simply to be a good judge, to be able to judge all that stuff that's up there and discern right and wrong, good or bad, relevant or, or a waste of time. Uh, that's also different. Wisdom then is also different than foolishness. Foolishness is kind of the opposite side of the coin. Wisdom is making good judgments. Foolishness is a lack of judgment, a lack of judgment. And, and I would suggest today as, as we talk about wisdom that our reading is urging us towards wisdom, it is trying to show us the way of wisdom, which, if uh, you heard our reading, maybe is surprising to you because there doesn't seem to be much wisdom in it. (laughs) 
right? Uh, uh, thinking back to the reading from 1 Kings, uh, there's almost no wisdom in it. It's instead full of just pure foolishness. <laughs> uh, we, we all value wisdom, at least most of you had your hands raised, but I think from experience, most of us know wisdom a little better. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm sp- speaking for myself. We know what wisdom looks like, uh, and, and we see it in our reading for today. Uh, we see it first in a man named Rehoboam. Can you all say Rehoboam? Rehoboam. Good job. Yeah, we got some confusing names today, so I thought I'd teach them to you. Rehoboam, he is the first foolish guy in our reading for today. Uh, Rehoboam, turns out, he's going to be the fourth king of Israel. You had King Saul, King David, King Solomon, and now Solomon's son, Rehoboam. And Rehoboam, when, when we meet him today at the beginning of his time as king, he is handed this, this throne on a silver platter. Uh, he has everything just set up for success. Uh, when Rehoboam starts as king, in a sense, it should be really easy. A Rehoboam is like the, the young person, maybe you know, whose parents have done everything for them. They've sent their kids to the best school, gotten them tutors, driven them to all sorts of arts practices and rehearsals and sports and uh, helped them apply for college and helped them apply for scholarships, bought them a car, and then sent them off to university, totally set up for success, only to watch their kids totally wasted away and party and flame out after a, a few semesters. That's Rehoboam. That's who you should think of. Uh, He had everything just laid out there for him. Everything was set up for success. Uh, He was Solomon's son, the the great and wise Solomon, right? A man who known for his wisdom. And and then at at the beginning of our reading, you might have heard this, all of Israel comes to Rehoboam. We read a very similar story last week, but all Israel comes to Rehoboam and says, Rehoboam, we will follow you. Uh, You have our allegiance We'll do whatever you say, right? It's there on a silver platter. Uh, They just have one request of him. They ask him, Rehoboam, could you just take it a little easy? (laughs) Could you you lighten up a little bit from how your dad was? Because you see, Solomon, at the end of his life, he he laid a heavy burden on the people. He even enslaved some of the people in order to finish his building projects. And so the people come to Rehoboam and they're like, just take it easy. (laughs) If you lighten up, then we will do what you say. And, and we'll follow. We're, we're not asking for anything crazy, uh, but we will give you our allegiance, right? It's pretty good advice that Rehoboam would be wise to follow, but uh, you heard how the story goes, he doesn't. Instead, Rehoboam goes out and he listens to the advice of his buddies, the guys he used to hang around with in school, and, and they tell him, don't take it easy on the people, but you make it harder. Don't lighten their load, but you, you weigh them down. And if they thought your dad was bad, then you let them know that they've got another thing coming. I mean, it was terrible, foolish advice, and yet Rehoboam listens. And then he's got to deal with the consequences. Uh, raise your hand if you know what that's like, not taking good advice and then having to deal with the consequences. Anyone here today? Yeah, I would guess a few of us. I know what that's like. Uh, Maybe it was just someone, maybe your parents when you were buying your first house and they told you do not buy in that neighborhood, it's on the decline, you'll never get your money back, but you really liked the kitchen and the price was right and now you regret it, right? And you're kind of kicking yourself. You should have taken their advice. Or or maybe it was similarly with a car. There was this really fun, sporty car, but everyone's telling you it's a lemon, don't buy it, and, and yet you want it, and so you do, and now you have to live with the consequences. Or maybe it was like a former boyfriend or girlfriend, and everyone's like, you need to marry that girl, lock it down, put a ring on the finger, and you didn't, and now 
you regret it and you have to live with the consequences. I think we all know what it's like to be a Rehoboam, to hear really good advice and then to throw it away. And so we all know what it's like to be foolish. Uh, Rehoboam was foolish and then he had to live with the consequences. And we heard what those were. The, the kingdom that God handed to him on a silver platter was ripped away from him. We heard that Judah, one of the 12 tribes, continued to follow Rehoboam, but all of the others split off, right? He had all of their allegiance, and now 11 of the 12 just walk away, and they follow another king. That king's name was Jeroboam. Can you all say Jeroboam? Jeroboam. Jeroboam. Good, good. You're, you're learning. Uh, this is wonderful. Uh, Jeroboam was just as foolish as Rehoboam. <laughs> Uh, Jeroboam was not a uh, son of Solomon, but he was one of Solomon's servants. And Rehoboam, or I'm sorry, Jeroboam's foolishness was a little different, a little unique. And, and you can think about whether uh, you've been in Jeroboam's shoes. See, Jeroboam doesn't hear these two voices and then kind of mess up on which one to take. Jeroboam makes a decision, and then he goes out and he finds people who will tell him that he's right. <laughs> I think we've all been there, right? Uh, we've, we've all had a decision that we've made. Maybe it was to buy the car we couldn't afford. And then we know the one friend that we can go to who will say, do it, <laughs> buy it, treat yourself, live a little, right? Have some fun. We, we all know who will tell us yes when we want to hear yes. And, and that's what Jeroboam does. Instead of listening to the truth, right, which is hard sometimes, he, he simply closes his ears and hears what he wants to hear. Uh, I know I can relate to that. Uh, so here's a pretty good example. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, my wife and I were sitting together after church and we were talking uh, about the readings and just church and how everything went. And uh, we talked a little bit about my message. And at the end of it, she said to me, uh, you know, you haven't asked me about your sermons recently and asked for any feedback in a while. And I thought to myself, well, yeah, that's because you'll tell me the truth. <laughs> and I don't know that I want to hear it, right? I just want to keep telling myself that I'm amazing and awesome and uh, that, you know, people are just weeping in joy after my messages, right? So uh, we, we all know what this is like. We, we sometimes just hear what we want to hear and we know that that's foolishness. That's what Jeroboam did. He was so determined to hold on to his power that he decides it would be a good idea to set up these uh, altars to foreign gods and build these golden calves. He's worried that uh, if the people keep going to Jerusalem to worship at God's temple, that they will follow God rather than him. I mean, heaven forbid that, that God's people follow God, right? And he is so concerned about power that he draws the people away from God into these foreign altars, these golden calves. I mean, it is pure foolishness. And so, yet I said, in the midst of all this foolishness, I told you that God is trying to show us the way to wisdom. And the thing about a reading is that the way to a wise life was there in, in our reading for today. It's there in the story. It's just that no one took it. <laughs> no one took the way of wisdom, but it was theirs for the taking. And what I think we learned today is that the way to wisdom is always through the word of God. Uh, I mentioned before the service start that that's one of the gifts of the Reformation was that the Reformers were trying to bring us back to the word uh, that there are lots of good thoughts and opinions and traditions out there in the world that can teach us a lot, but the foundation of our lives and the way to true wisdom is always in the word of God. 
It's not bad to to watch the TV or to read books or magazines, right? We should be doing those things. But the the judge of all of that is the word of God. The reformers were trying to bring us back the word. And, And our reading for today teaches us the same, that true wisdom is found in God's word. And so uh, here's what I mean. Uh, Just before our reading for today, a few verses earlier, the word of God came to Jeroboam. And uh, I'll let you read this for yourself, but I'll summarize it by saying God came to Jeroboam with a word through a prophet, and he basically told Jeroboam, listen, Jeroboam, if you follow my ways and obey my teachings and you trust in what I have to say, my decrees and my commands, I will bless you and I will give you this kingdom and life will be awesome for you. Right? If you follow the word of God, life will go better. But we know how it turned out. Uh, Jeroboam did not listen to the word of God. He acted foolishly and, and everything fell apart. But the point being, there is a way to wisdom. It's just in the word. Uh, I think sometimes, and this is obviously the pastor in me, but I, I, I wonder sometimes what life would look like if all of us here today, if all of God's people spent one hour a day in the word, right? Think of how different our communities and our neighborhoods and our families would be, right? If we dwelt in that place of wisdom. I, I, I think what would it be like if, even if we just spent 10 minutes a day, all of us, in the word of God, right? Think of how God would be working on us. Think of how much wisdom we have. Uh, some people, doctors or people might wonder what it would look like if everyone just ate their fruits and veggies and went for a 20-minute walk. Uh, I think about these kinds of things. Uh, but I, I think life would be different, wouldn't it? If we all dwelled within the wisdom of, of God learning and growing because it's, it's God's word that does help us discern and judge between right and wrong, between good and, and bad, uh, Because there are so many voices out there for us to listen to, voices that are telling us things, voices that are pulling us in in so many different directions. And and so we need the word. We need to go back to the word to discern and to judge. Uh, And and yet having said that, I I think the amazing thing about God's word is that it's, it's also more than that. Uh, We spend time in the Word of God, whether it's an hour a day or five minutes a day or an hour on Sundays. We spend time in the Word of God, not just to learn how to do the good things rather than the bad things so that we go to the good place rather than the bad place when we die, right? The Word of God gives us so much more than that. Uh, And the Apostle Paul touches on this as he writes to his young trainee, a a man named Timothy. Uh, Timothy, you might know this, was a, a young pastor He's in the city of Ephesus at the time this uh, letter is written. And, and Paul is mentoring this young pastor, Timothy. And he writes in this letter, and this is what uh, Paul writes to the young man. He says, but as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, the word of God, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. See, Paul is saying that the word is more than just doing the good things rather than the bad things. You go to the good place rather than the bad place when you die. He's saying that it's in this word that we find salvation. And in the Bible, salvation is more than just escaping our bodies and going to heaven when we die. It's it's life. It's, it's living the good life, and that applies to here and now, but also into eternity. Uh, he's saying that, that in the word we have peace and hope and comfort and joy and faithfulness and godliness. Now, right now, we experience that salvation and that continue on, 
continues on forever. See, we need to listen to the word because it is the way of wisdom. Now, uh, like Jeroboam and Rehoboam found out, sometimes listening to God's word is hard. All right, God's word will tell us the truth. <laughs> uh, sometimes more than we would care. It will shine light into places that we would rather be kept dark. And God's word sometimes will hold up a mirror to us and show us our warts that we have tried our best to cover up. Listening to God's word will not always be easy, but it is the way of salvation. It is the way of salvation. So if you'd like to be wise, I only have one suggestion for you today, and that is to go to the word and listen to the word and obey the word, but more importantly, trust in the word because God's word has salvation for you. It has life for you and life abundant for you. In Jesus' name, amen.